G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. It is a pleasure to be with Liam today. How are you going? It's a big, big sound from the west oh. of the town. It's the sound <laughs> of the mighty giants. Giants, that's right. Today we are talking the GWS Giants, and this is an exciting one because there's lots of fantasy-relevant players. So Liam, take us through the history of the Giants from last season. I can give you the Giants record from last season, and I can give it to you from the season before, and I can give it to you this from the season before that because they've, they only ever win four games. That's it. It's like a, a, a rule that they don't actually change at all. So, yeah, GWS, four-win side. Um, last year, they were definitely dogged by injuries. I think that's the main thing you can probably take from their list. They barely brought anyone in, and they barely lost kind of anyone to, to trades. Um, but their biggest ins are draftees, effectively. But then off the injury list, they're getting Beck Beeson, Potentially back Fleur Davies, Isabel Huntington, Isadora McClay. They are all players alongside, I think it was like three other players on their long-term injury list, and that's not even counting Tate Mackerel, who's not going to play this year. So a big in list just from the injury list. And then the major outs, they lost their best ever goal scorer in Cora Staunton, and then they lost other key position players effectively in Bridge Stack and Tanya Hetherington. There's a lot of space open for potential scoring options for GWS this year. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the players you mentioned, they're going out, Cora Staunton, legend of the game. They've lost a lot of goals there, but they've got another forward who we're very excited about. And we're very, very lucky to have a chat with her. And that was Georgia Garnett, a breakout star last season. So let's jump into that interview right now. Hey everyone, today I'm very, very lucky to be joined by Georgia Garnett from the GWS Giants. Georgia, how are you going? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Very happy to have you on. So first question, how's preseason going? It's been a long off-season. Uh, you're well into it now. How's the how's the preseason rolling for the club? It's good. It's really good. It's kind of at the point of preseason where contact has ramped up, the Ks have ramped up, and you kind of get home and you go... Oh God, like when does this end? But um hopefully match sim will be starting soon. It started a little bit, but hopefully we can start rolling out a few more games and um get the training done. Um I do love training, but I like playing more. So <laughs> excited for it to be over and start playing. But no, nah, it's going really really well. The girls are looking good and yeah, it's been it's been really good to get back after a while. Yeah, that's good to hear. Hopefully you can get into the, the fun stuff soon. Um, <laughs> my, my understanding is that you don't actually come from a real footy background. Um, can you give us a bit of a bit of an insight into your pathway into the AFLW? Yeah, so I grew up in Borkham Hills in Sydney, so bit of a bit of a rugby league um, upbringing. Didn't play it myself. My family didn't play it, but we always grew up watching it. Um, grew up going for power, still do. Um and yeah, I didn't really know much about AFL until I was probably like probably 15, mm-hmm. probably when I first picked up a footy. Um, my dad used to play just like local at Pennant Hills and um, he taught me how to kick a footy, but never thought about playing it. Didn't know girls could play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, well, that would have been like six years ago now. So six, seven years ago. So yeah, I think, yeah, grew up on rugby league, played touch, Oztag growing up, a bit of cricket netball soccer everything but afl um yeah probably didn't 
start playing till I was, yeah, 15, 16 in year nine. One of the teachers, PE teachers, just came to me and said, hey, I reckon you should probably try out for this. I think it was the New South Wales team for under 15 or something. And I was like, I have never played a game of footy in my life. He was like, no, no, you'll be right. Just go for it. Like, you know how to kick a footy. That's all you need to do. And, um, yeah, went down, I think it was to Wagga or something with my dad for the weekend, tried out, happened to get in. And then, yeah, kind of had to learn the game from there because, yeah, we had a Nationals carnival to play. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, you've come a pretty decent way from, you know, not knowing how to, <laughs> yeah. how to play to being one of the, the young stars of the Giants. <laughs> Yes, nah, sometimes I still find myself learning the rules, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, they change them so much these days, who knows, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I'm glad you mentioned cricket, because I saw somewhere that you mentioned that your all-time favourite athlete was Mitchell Johnson. Can you uh, comment on that? <laughs> um, Yes, it's probably changed since the Ashes <laughs> back in 2015, but um, no, I remember just watching him. I love watching cricket. I could sit down for five days straight, not move off the couch and watch the test cricket. Um, but I remember watching him um, just come in bowling at 140 k's an hour to the pommies. And I was just like in awe. He was this big, angry man. <laughs> um, it's pretty entertaining to watch. So, yeah, nah. Do, I do, did, try, and, I did do you try and take that big, angry energy into your uh, your forward craft? <laughs> um, probably not as big and probably not as angry. <laughs> <laughs> But, no, I think I'm very different athlete to Mitchell Johnson. <laughs> That's fair enough. Have you been watching the uh, the Ashes over the over the winter so far? A little bit. It's on a bit late. Um, yeah, it doesn't suit getting up for work at <laughs> o'clock in the morning. But, um, no, nah, try, try and watch a little bit. Uh, very good. Well, Season 7, as we've mentioned, was a big breakout year for yourself. You moved into the forward line, became one of the best marking targets in the game. Can you tell us a bit about how that move came along, moving from defence into the forward line last year and sort of what your goals are for the season ahead? Yeah, um, probably the season before, probably wasn't enjoying footy too much. Um, probably just had a few mental health issues going on and wasn't really enjoying footy, wasn't loving it. And it was a bit, it was a bit sad that I didn't, love the thing that I love doing mm, so absolutely and was almost yeah I was almost nearly ready to quit footy for a bit and probably not come back for a little bit and kind of just do a classic Europe summer and <laughs> yeah the best um but no Bernard Bernard ended up coming in and um taking over as head coach and um yeah I kind of just thought to myself right I'll give I'll give Bernard a shot and see if you know a change might might help me find the love for the game again and yeah I don't know we kind of sat down and he was like we both kind of t- spoke about um what I wanted to do and I guess how to find my love for footy again I think that was his first priority um and how I can start having fun again at footy and we kind of just tossed up the idea of moving into the forward line maybe a different position and yeah it kind of went from there and it was it was actually very it was almost like a breath of fresh air, learning a new craft and a whole new position and working with a different bunch of girls again. It was very refreshing. Um, and I guess the way Bernard coached for me was very refreshing. And yeah, it just it kind of just sparked a new love again. And um, yeah, I've just been enjoying working on my craft and forward craft and kind of just went from there, just trying to find the love for footy again. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear. Obviously, we don't want to lose anyone to the game. So it's great that you're enjoying your footy again. And I guess 2022 was quite an interesting year for the Giants. In both seasons, you sort of finished four and six. But I guess 
everything I've read about the coaching change with with Cam Bernasconi coming into the club, I guess even though the results, the win losses were the same in season seven, there seemed to be almost more optimism about the group, about pushing forward. Um, would that be something that you've noticed and is sort of taking into the the year this year? Absolutely. I think Berner's strongest, I guess, coaching aspect is he has the ability to make players believe why they're here. And he does that with every single player. He just has an ability to not so much focus on athletes or players' weaknesses, but more so on why you're here and what your strength is. And there's a big emphasis on everyone's strengths. He's built this game plan around everyone's strengths, um, mm. not everyone's weaknesses. I think for a lot of people that just instills a lot of belief. I know it does for me. Um, and you can kind of see the effect that has on the group. Like it's such a positive effect that it's had and everyone's starting to really believe. And it's unfortunate we only get 10 games because mm, absolutely. Especially if you're trying to implement a new game plan, it's it takes a bit longer than 10 games to to find your feet. But um that's you know it's the reality. That's that's all we've got. So I guess this year, it's this season, it's more focused on not starting off slow, mm. um, not starting quarters off slow. We've got to be on from the get-go, and that requires everyone knowing exactly what they have to do. But, yeah, back to your point, I think the biggest thing is Ben has been able to instill belief in this group by just encouraging everyone to bring their strengths and bring their weapons to everything they do. Yeah, that's that's fantastic to hear. and. I guess moving to something that's now relevant to you, which is the Giants forward line, you've lost one of the absolute greats of the game in Cora the Scorer, Staunton. Um, <laughs> you've got a pretty handy recruit coming into that forward line in former number one pick, Izzy Huntington. So can you tell us a bit about how she's looking in going into this new season and what the Huntington-Garnett partnership might look like up front? Yeah, we're pretty stoked. <laughs> um, pretty stoked to get her up here. She's, um, I think before she was up here, She's, she's got quite a um, got fake, like some good mates up here, and um, I think hopefully, well, we think that might have helped to put her up here. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so she's um she's been in and out, um, just getting her knee right. Um, but yeah, when we're on the track together, it's it's pretty fun. It's really exciting. Um, so really looking forward to it. Haven't played much together yet, just because she's getting her knee right, but mm. um, like all. Well, I guess all the forwards and especially my forward coach and I, we talk about is how excited and um, we hope our friendship off the field will will lead to an easier connection on the field. So um, now we're very, very excited. Very excited. Yeah, we're pretty excited too because I reckon that's a fair bit of talent up forward yourself and Izzy Huntington to look forward to. Um, yeah. but, but speaking, of, speaking of that injury, like injuries have played a big part in some of the changes to GWS in the team of late and, We've like seen lately that um Tate Mackerel's now missing. She was starting to find a bit of a home in the in the midfield. And another one's Beck Beeson, who had been one of the the midfield stalwarts for the Giants, but has recently missed a lot of um footy due to the concussion. On those two, who who do you think is gonna fill those holes? And I guess is Beck Beeson someone who we can expect to see a bit more of in season eight? Um yeah, Beeso is she's looking pretty good. Um she's been in in training for a while now, so um yeah, obviously with concussion, it's a very, everyone's different and, and she's been, this is something she's been battling for a while. So it's about getting her 100% right and making sure she feels 100% comfortable. But um, now she's been on the track a fair bit, which has been really exciting because she's a very, very silky, smart, mm-hmm. smooth player. So it's been nice um, 
she's been floating in and out of the forward line. So that's also been pretty fun um, to work with her. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll really miss Tate this year. She's got an incredible shoe on her and um, we'll miss her feeding those footies into the forward line as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, speaking of midfielders, one of our favorites here at free kick is Elise Parker. I mean, she's such a strong dynamic force in that midfield. We can't believe that she's only 22 given she's, you know, such a presence in that midfield. How's her leadership and on-field leadership, I suppose, been for the group through that midfield? Yeah, it's been pretty important, especially for someone so young. You kind of, like, you do forget she's 22 years old and especially when she's up there winning the best in Ferris every year and, <laughs> like, you just, sometimes you just truly forget that she's 22 and um, I guess on-field, someone who has such an impact on the game kind of like a a feeling where she does these really incredible I don't even know how she does it kind of things and um barges through packs and makes these big tackles and it's just like all right nah she's she's here she's here to play but we're coming with you like so she has yeah an incredible impact physically but also on the team the way she plays yeah and I remember there was a social media video I think that the Giants put out where she was um showing people at childhood home and I think her room was just plastered with trophies and medals and all sorts of things. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yep. Yep. So you obviously started as a defender yourself. You've now settled in the forward line, but you obviously still have a close relationship with those defenders, especially because you get to play on them a bit um, in the preseason and in the practice matches. So one of the things that uh, GWS, I suppose, struggled with a bit in the last couple of seasons is containing some of the, those more powerful offensive lines, in part because you lost quite a lot of your um, defenders to other clubs. So I guess how's the back line developing this year? And have you noticed there's been a bit of a change in how the defensive structures are working? Yeah, it's been shaping up really well. We've had, it's been, it's been very fun um, competing against the back line. We've been doing a lot more, I guess, backs v forwards, mm. and it's been, it's been it's on like it is on every time <laughs> that it gets very competitive. I think it's, it's actually quite exciting. We've got um, Tani Evans who had a really great year yeah. last year. She's coming through and yeah, she's, she's got an incredible boot and incredible defensive mindset. Um, obviously we've got Pepper Randall coming back from an ACL. Mm. Um, she has a very important role fullback and um, I guess our key lockdown defender. She's also quite a, a big presence back there with her mm. voice. Yeah. Um, the way she goes about her footy. Grace Hill as well. She, I don't think she played much last year, but she's really nailed her craft as a defender, um, especially this offseason. She's worked really hard. Same as Cambridge. She's shaping down back a little bit more. So okay. uh, she's running, yeah, it's been very, um, very nice to watch her run off half back and watch her glide across half back, I guess. She <laughs> picks up the footy. Everyone's in Jody as well. She's like everyone's just shaping up really well. Everyone knows their role. Everyone knows what they have to do. It just feels like it's all coming together. Um, I guess with the backs playing on the backs and with the forwards as well. Yeah, like I said, it's it's super competitive and it's it's kind of keeps score when we do our backs v forwards <laughs> and whilst the forwards are winning. Um, <laughs> so it's it yeah, it comes down to the wire every time. Are you keeping an individual score? Or is it just the no, team? Just team? Line group score, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's interesting you say um, Cambridge McCormack is heading down back because one of the much discussed um, topics in fantasy circles last year was the GWS ruck role because we were all super excited to see Fleur Davies play. And obviously on the yeah. eve of the season, she got injured and Cambridge McCormack became a, a saving grace for a lot of people because they just did the straight swap. But um, 
in terms of those two, it's interesting to hear that she's off halfback, but how's Fleur Davies looking? Because she's essentially now a new recruit. Really good. Um, She's fit. I'm pretty sure she said conjunctivitis the last couple of days. So <laughs> oh, <big> excellent. <laughs> um, no, nah, she's looking really good. Um, she's a big body in there. Um, she can take a few good clunks. And it's like if coming up against her, it would be like trying to move a brick wall. Like she's pretty solid. Really good having her in there and working with some like really experienced midfield as well. So, nah, she's she's looking really good and we're very excited for her. Very excited to play with her. And, yeah, she's also just a very, very funny personality. So <laughs> it's great to have her around. Oh, amazing. We um we had Anise Bradfield on a few weeks ago who um yeah. knew, told us that Fleur Davies is one of the most forgetful people she's ever met. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> <and> absolutely. <laughs> no, apparently she's very, very memorable, but she doesn't remember much herself. Yes, that is a great way to sum her up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we might wrap up with one final question. It's a question we love to ask all of our interviewees, which is who at the Giants is absolutely tearing up the track this preseason? Who looks set for a massive year coming up? I would keep your eyes on Jess Doe and Brody Mowbray yeah. um, down the board line. They seems like it's all just coming together for them and I have, I'm loving playing with them down, like down in the forward line. The way we're working at the moment is, is really incredible. It's really special to play with and they've worked really hard to, I guess, improve themselves and um, understand what we're trying to do, what their role is and game plan as well. And it's been really, really cool to work with them. Um, they've been doing some pretty cool things at training. So keep on them. I'd keep my eye on Tiny Evans. Yeah, I reckon she'll have a crack review down back. Yeah, Tiny Evans is, is one that we definitely have been keeping an eye on. She had a great year last year, so that's another great tip, I reckon. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for coming on, Georgia, and good luck to the Giants this year. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic to talk to uh, to Georgia there and some really interesting stuff out of that one, Liam. Look, I think we kind of knew before going into the interview that it was going to be – GWS is going to be one of the most interesting fantasy side. A, a year after we did this episode and we said – Whoa, we're really struggling for options here. Like, we really don't know who to pick. I think, I think if anything, we heard exactly what we wanted is that there's some very relevant names who are going to play some relevant roles this year. Yeah, absolutely. And as we heard from Georgia, Cam Bernsconi has done a fantastic job of bringing some of the best out of some of these players, in particular in George Garnett. She was a name that most people probably missed last season who ended up being a really high-scoring defender, now a forward, obviously. Um, but as you say, Liam, Heaps of interesting players, so let's jump into your top five. Who's number one? Number one is a player that has not been brought up on this podcast to date, nor have they ever scored any points, and that's Fleur Davies. She was the rookie ruck that a lot of people had picked in their sides up until hours before the season started last year uh, when when we found out that she had a, a shoulder injury and she was ruled out for the season. After having been considered the best ruck, basically the highest rated ruck in New South Wales, in the New South Wales pool in the draft last year, uh, she's someone that had come in as a very highly rated under 18 ruck and looks slated to basically be a full-time ruck in that GWS team last year. Um, now, she was ultimately replaced by Cambridge McCormick and then a host of other rucking options last year, but none who really kind of took the opportunity with both hands. So... There looks like there's an avenue for at least a decent portion of uh, one side in their teams. 
I reckon Fleur Davies is either starting if you're going bench rookies, like rookies in your ruck both lines, or at the very least your bench rookie. Yeah, I, I, I spot on there. I think I was strongly considering going Fleur Davies as a rookie ruck to start, been flicking around with it, but I mean, she seems like a super talented player and the forgetful the forgetful one as we heard from uh Georgia Garnett, but uh, I think one of the interesting things and one of the things I want to just uh, get your opinion on, Cambridge McCormack was uh, one of our late saving races last season, but apparently playing a bit off halfback. That's a that's an interesting one. Look, it is an interesting one. Um, particularly- Maybe not for fantasy, but... <laughs> no, no. Like, it's interesting from a game perspective, and I think that's all we're going to... I think that's what we're going to run with. I, I really, <laughs> really not sure about the fantasy chops, but... Like I said, there's a lot of tools that have left that side, so I'm sure GWS is going to look for ways to find tools back on the on the park. And that is an absolutely perfect segue to your number two because we are talking tools back on the park. Liam, your number two. Number two is a player that hasn't scored any points last year. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. They scored 19 points in the totality of last year, and that's Izzy Huntington, former All-Australian and completely rookie-priced player this year, most likely as a forward after she played as a full-time forward in Season 5? Season 5. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since she actually played. Um, She's going to come in rookie-priced. She will have the number one kind of inside forward, 50-forward position all to her own. She's a former All-Australian as a defender. I think she scored... I'm pretty sure she scored in the fort in the high forties as a full time forward in a Western Bulldogs side in in that season five. If she can get back to forty five fifty, that's a pretty good option for your for your F six. Yeah, agreed. Can't go wrong with a player who you know. I mean, just looking at her stats now, she scored pretty consistently forty to fifty, few sixties thrown in there in some of her bigger games. I think it's a slam dunk, basically. You're getting a player who is probably going to fairly easily make you a bit of money. So, yeah, absolutely one to to put in on your bench, if nothing else. The only caveat that I would give to that, though, is if you were going to try and fade Izzy Huntington, is she does have an injury risk attached to her. Her knee injuries have been persistent. Um, she's, she's done two ACLs at this stage. Um, and hasn't been on the park in, in a year and a half. If you were to say, I want my bench rookies to be there all the time, I think that might be a reason to be a bit concerned. But ultimately, I think she's so cheap that if she was a mid-pricer, I'd be worried. But at 300k, I think that it's okay. Yeah, it's probably an easy trade-out if you she's made a little bit of money. So I think there's a, a fairly big case for her being at least on your bench. Um Number three, player we've been super excited about, a player that Georgia Garnett was super excited about. Liam, you're number three. Number three is Tani Evans, the defender. After being a forward in the game last year, she really wasn't much of a fantasy scorer until halfway through the season when she switched to a full-time halfback role as an intercepting defender. And she moved, she she was going to be priced at 53, but... She averaged 61 and a half after she moved full-time to halfback, and that also includes a game where she scored a 30-point score as well because uh, I, I believe she was playing a lockdown defender role. So 
She has that intercepting capabilities. We saw a lot of GWS's game plan last year under Cam Berners-Goni was almost always about getting it to the likes of... It was basically going Evans to Garnett to Elise Parker and then hoping someone would score. And so you want as many of those players as possible. And of those three, I think Tani Evans represents the best value. Yeah, I was just looking at that 30 you were talking about. It was against Hawthorne, and she actually kicked her only ever goal in that lockdown role. Yeah, it was fascinating. It, it was like a, a <laughs> truly, a truly bizarre game. Like Hawthorne had a few of them last year, and that was one that I'd slated, like because I was talking about bringing her in because I was like, "Ooh, this is a juicy matchup," and it was a good one to avoid. But yeah, I, I reckon Tani Evans is a great, great shout to to move into a pretty wide open top five in the defense. Mm, yeah, and just on what we were saying about that, since she was named at centre half back in round five didn't score under 55 other than that 37. So that's super consistent. Yeah, and I even that floor is above what she's priced at. So I'm pretty comfortable saying that she could go close to my D2 or D1 if you really wanted to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so we've had a chat about some of the, the taller timber at the Giants. Now, number four is a player who I have huge wraps on. And this is a player who we know can score well, but there's a massive asterisk. Liam, you're number four. Number four is probably your favorite player to talk about, and that's Beck Beeson. So I've got the stats here in front of me. She's going to be extremely cheap this year, and she scored well in the past. But Will, why don't you do the analyst's role? Because I know that's the reason you're <laughs> dying to do this episode. Oh, Beck Beeson. She was someone that I... Plugged very, very hard last season as a potentially cheap option because she was so good in season six. She basically became one of those breakout players that went from a sort of 50, 60 average up towards that 70-ish average. The concussions are the massive asterisk. She missed basically the entirety of 2022 because of concussion issues. She scored a 79 in the first game of season six concussed round two, came back from concussion, finished the season with an 82, haven't seen her since. So she's priced at low 40s, which means she's super affordable. If she plays, you've got great value. But the big if there is if she plays. And even though we did hear from Georgia saying that she's fit and firing, ready to go, concussions are one of those things that they can really do numbers on players and we don't know if she'll suffer some side effects or things like that. In the, in the short term, long term. So keep an eye out on the preseason, but she's one that could be really good value. I think that it could be really good value, but she's basically one head knock away from another season away from football. As And I'm not saying that to kind of uh, make light of someone's quite distressing health situation, but that's an unfortunate reality of those kind of injuries. Absolutely. And that's why, as I said, that asterisk is a, Big, big one. And you, you if you're picking back Beeson, you're doing it knowing those risks. Yeah. I, I think that you're doing it because she's, she's going to be priced in the low 40s for a player who has 70s average. You know, she's one game away, like, from being below, priced below 40. Like, that's, un, that's you know, that's ridiculous spot to be in. Yeah, and I, th I think she could be the sort of player that might have a late season resurgence and you could be trading up a rookie to her 
Um, that's I, a possibility. I, I think that's the more likely situation yeah. for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, I will retake over as the host now to talk about another player that I absolutely love and a player that I was thrilled to once again say I picked her last season as my value pick, much like I'm saying Beck Beeson now. But number five is one of the absolute favourites of the pod. Liam, take it away. I think that if if Hayley Miller was the favourite of the pod in the first season of AFLW Fantasy, Elise Piggy Parker was our favourite player of last season, if only because she truly like returned to her elite form, her 90-plus averaging form, for a player who is ridiculously young for what she does and how dominant she is. She put together to start last year five scores or four scores above 95 out of her first five and three scores above 100 for the year and then also a 99. I'm not saying you're going to start with her. I think that the return of Beck Beeson is possibly a reason why you might not want to pick her to start the year. I'm just going to say, though, that I will be thinking about when I'm trading in Elise Parker, not if. I, she is truly like, I, I and like we use Piggy in the way that she, her like nose for the football and nose for fantasy points is so good. She goes from contest to contest, tackle, dump, pick up ball, hand passed out, dump, hand passed, run forward, get the mark, tackle. It's a great, like it's truly some of the best games to watch. The game she had against the Brisbane Lions in round two last year, Seven marks, six tackles, eight clearances, four frees, four, 27 possessions for a score of 126. This is not someone who's just like tackle, 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 35 points. She, the one of the most well-rounded fantasy games you're going to see. Yeah, absolutely. And she's been one of my favorites for such a long time. And I'm so glad that everyone got to see the best of her last season. I agree with you, Liam. She's the sort of player that you're going to be looking to trade her in at some point, I think, in... Whether you start with her or not, not sure the value's quite there in terms of as a starter, but if if you've got her in at the end of the season, you'll be a happy player. Yeah, I think it's going to be just watching out for those matchups, and once we see a bit of role consistency around her in the midfield, I'll be looking to get her in. Yeah, for sure. Now, I'm going to let you re, uh, retake over the host role here, Liam. Yes! It's time for... The Will Special! The Will Special, and the Will Special actually isn't that special this time because it's a player that we know and love, and that is our interviewee, Georgia Garnett. Um, I mean, what an outstanding year it was last year. She basically went from a a key defender who wasn't having a fantastic time at the club to being a breakout star, had a fantastic year as a key forward, was marking absolutely everything. I think she's a really interesting option because she's now had a full pre-season playing as a forward. She's now got a, a good foil there in Izzy Huntington who can take away another key defender. I think there's going to be some improvement there. She sits just outside that sort of top five to ten currently based on average. I think she's a chance to push up towards that top five. Whether that's a player that you really want to start in your team or bring in later, I guess that's how up to you depending on how you structure it, but I think she's going to be another fanta- have another fantastic year. It'd be a fantastic option for your forward line. I I think you've kind of summed it up at the beginning, which is not so much that uh, Izzy Huntington will take a defender away, it's Izzy Huntington will take points away. Because Georgia Garnett had some insanely high 
um, time on ground and also point share kind of in her forward line because she was the only one who was able to make it decently high up the ground and have height. I think she led the league in marks last year. So that's very hard to replicate year on year. We didn't even see Anne Hatchard manage it, and that often anchors a really good score. I think she's a great player to watch, and she was someone that I kept thinking about trading in, but it was just GWS were not a particularly consistent fantasy side outside of Elise Parker. I think it's possible Georgia Garnett is in a version of my side. I just wouldn't want to do it before seeing how she works with Izzy. Yeah, I I think that's a very fair point, and... Well, I think that Huntington was likely to be more of the stay-at-home forward just because they've lost Staunton in there. We know that she can play a marking role using Huntington. She's done it at the dogs. So seeing how that forward line does work, I agree with you, Liam. I think it'll be important to see how that works. And I think she's a player that you could probably quite comfortably trade in mid-season as a, you know, an upgrade target if she's doing really, really well. Yeah, I think it's very much a case of Izzy Huntington is not going to play Cora Staunton's role. The role will be what Izzy Huntington does best, and she's a marker predominantly and doesn't have range issues. She's not 40. She's in her 20s. Like, it's a very different player. So as much as they're both all Australians, they will probably be a very different forward line this year at Gold Coast. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two fit together. At Gold Coast, yeah. yeah. Both the G plus multiple letters teams, they're the same. Well, I think that's a great great spot to put it. We've just finished our G teams wrap, the, uh, the orange <laughs> team. The orange team. Oh, yes, the orange um, team. The Gold Coast Giants. Gold, Gold Coast Giants. Um, yeah, we've been making a big, big sound on our socials about getting the best 21s out there. So go have a look at those and keep following us on all of our socials for more and more content because we are – not even halfway through at the moment, and we've got so much more to come. So keep an eye out. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FreeKickWPod. Liam, where can they find you? They can find me sad at that big, big sound pun on Twitter at Liam AFLW Fantasy. Oh, says the bloke who started by singing the song. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WillH underscore VI. This has been another episode of Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy podcast. Keep an eye out for our next episode. It's going to be a really good one with Hawthorne, and we may indeed have a special guest returning. I wonder who that could be. But, uh, yeah, keep an eye out. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.